What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Home with the Cousins, where we like to say there is no straight line through a construction project, and it's our job to help you zig and zag in the most efficient manner possible to save you time, money, and heartache. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Home with the Cousins, where we like to say there is no straight line through a construction project. And it's our job to help you zig and zag in the most efficient manner possible to save you time, money, and heartache. So in this episode, we will be covering translating the process of a construction project to those who are interested in flipping homes uh, or to those who are flipping homes uh, and want to do it in a more efficient manner. Um, so we'll just jump in. Johnny, how you doing today? Doing good, bud. Feeling right. good. It's a beautiful day here in New Jersey. Sun's it out. So. It's always beautiful in New beautiful. Jersey. <laughs> Love Jersey. Uh, Love Jersey. So, um, so what are we going to be talking about here? I mean, we're, we're going from, you know, doing a one-off construction project for you that you are going to live in and translating that into a business where you might have three, five, 10, 20 projects Those. going on at one time, depending on how deep you are into flipping homes and and your level of experience with it. Well, I think a lot of flippers start out this way, right? They do a renovation on the house they live in, sure. um, properties they own that they, that they live in. So it could be multiple properties, right. a summer house, whatnot. They love it. They find a passion for it and they say, hey, I can do this. Maybe this is something I can turn into a second a second income or full-time new job and they start their own business, which we've seen it happen with so many people that we are that we're friends with. Uh, we've seen great success stories and we see people making some real real money. Absolutely. Yeah, so basically this is the the bonus episode to uh, the recently completed project planning series. So we want to we want to basically the, the basic idea here is to take the knowledge that we that we put together in the last set of episodes and talk about what the differences are when you're looking at doing this as a business. So I think the first thing that's very obvious uh, is that you want a faster turnaround. You're looking to have this thing back on market as quickly as possible. You want to put in your offer, buy it, close, get in and through construction, Turn this thing around, get it back on the market so that you can get money back in your pocket as quickly as possible. In order to do that, you need to be super, super organized. And I think, you know, something, you know, talking to a lot of people that are in the flipping business, hearing maybe problems or concerns or things that they they wanted our advice on, um, a lot of it is finding that right contractor. A hundred percent. I think it's the same thing as well, your I think, own project. I think you could say it even one step further than that, and it is finding and refining, refining your yeah. team. Yep. Not just the contractor. Yeah, sure. You want you want to have an architect you can go to who know who knows that you're on tight timeframes and can and can turn things around. You want to get your working relationship with your contractor so they know the business that you're in, what you're trying to accomplish, and the speed with which you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, this that. isn't, hey, I'll come to your project and I'll see you in a couple months. It's like, no, guys, we got either a couple of weeks or one month to get the whole thing done. Right, and and I think the the one of the biggest things, uh, aside from building your team and working with them on a regular basis, and look, building your team, there's ups and downs, right? It's not 
oh, I have this contractor, I work with them forever. I have this architect, I work with them forever. It's this architect is awesome. I'm sticking with them. This GC wasn't great. Uh, I'm going to get them out of my roster. Or I love GC, GC A, B, and C, and we're going to rotate them through projects. And then general contractor D comes along and they're great. You can add them to your roster of people that you can go to religiously. And the more projects you have, the more general contractors you should have that you can go to for bids because you don't want to have one guy on all your projects and then they have too much work and they can't get any one thing done well. So if you have five projects spread over three different general contractors, you're not overloading any one particular general contracting firm and all of these things are going to be able to be run uh, congruently uh, so that you're really not losing any time. And I think for the flippers out there at the same time, it's good to have, you know, some, some people might say, I don't want a general contractor. I'll hire the subs. I'll manage them. That's on, a mistake. On one project, I, you can maybe get away with it. When you start getting into, because with flipping any homes, you want to start accumulating those properties. You want to start building the portfolio. Building the portfolio. So then you're really going to start seeing those large sums of money start to really roll in because you have multiple properties. But you need to do your job and do your job well. And that's quarterback. That's not, exactly. that's that's not a lineman. That's not yep. mired in the field, you know, in the shit and like, you know, trying to micromanage every decision. You need to make decisions and let people do what they're good at doing so you can do and focus on what you're good at doing. And that was exactly what I was going for. Be the project manager. Right. Pop around to those five projects. See what's going on. Right. But just like you said, if you have two to three GCs working on them, it takes a lot off your plate. So you can really focus on the marketing, getting the people out there, making sure that well, you're hitting look, all at those At the end of the lines. day, you're supposed to be one step ahead of the person who's doing work behind you. Exactly. So if, the, if your project is under construction, you want to be talking to your real estate agents about the listing, about when they can come in to, to shoot the property and get everything back on market. The second thing that I think uh, will make for will, will make your life a lot easier is getting a consistent design. You're not designing your dream home here. You're designing a home to be sold in a short amount of time. So what does that mean? Well, one, it means that you want to know your local market. And you want to know, in general, the, de the design trends on a national level and a little bit more so on a local level. Uh, you know, are you in an urban environment? Are you in a country environment? Um, you know, what, what, the, what you're seeing a lot of different properties go for, uh, or design-wise, what they're going for in your area. It doesn't mean you want to be the same as everybody, but it does mean that you want to be designing for the masses. You want to you want to come up with a color scheme, with an overall aesthetic, with a vibe, with a look and feel that you're going to translate to all of your properties. And you're going to revisit that aesthetic and that vibe, let's say every six months, and you're going to make refreshes. You're going to change maybe the cabinet style or the countertop or the backsplash tile or the light fixtures you're using. But when you change that thing, you're changing it for all your projects so that the contractors get used to working within a, a a certain aesthetic and they know 
the model number of the light fixture. They know the faucet they're buying. You're not changing this on them constantly, making things more complicated where it doesn't need to be. Yeah, and it just it makes the project and projects run a lot smoother. Well, that's the that's, that's the key, the, right? That's the, the, key. the S on the end of projects yes. is the, is the exactly. Key. We we want to have multiple multiple projects going on, and we want to make sure that they are consistent and that it's easy for the contractors that are there. Because if they've used the product before, they don't have to come to you every single time. No, you. Hey, where does this go? What's this? What's this? You know, how do I install this? I'm not really sure. It just makes it easy. But even better still, you put together a PDF, um, a PDF document that is your all of your cut sheets for all your products. It's a standard for every home that you're going into. So. You know, if it's a first-time contractor working with you, you've already got your your doc together. You you email them that that fifteen-page cut sheet document, and they know everything they need to purchase to get that job done. And speaking of purchasing, there's no reason you should be going to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever to go buy fifteen light fixtures and two faucets and a sink. No. This is a business now. This is not your home where you're selecting each and every little last material. You want to put as much of this legwork on your contracting team as humanly possible. And it's about streamlining the process. And that's Absolute. that's exactly what we're talking about. And you know, I you know, I think you brought up a good point, you know, talking about the materials and I think in past developments, certain things that we've done, sometimes we've gone a little overboard where we wanted our design to look a certain way. Sometimes you spend too much money, you don't get the return on that. So it's- 100% right. So you have to know that balance. But at the same time, you don't want to be like everybody else. So it's it's finding those certain design ideas that just teeter on being economical, but they are a big bang for for your buck. That's so it's it's like that's where the research comes it's in. Research, I was just going to say, and that's, that's, and that's where working with a good designer really comes in yes. because you can convey to them what you're trying to accomplish inside of what kind of budget, and let them use their knowledge of products, their discounts that they get with other people. You know, this is a great um, this is a great example of you know, spending money on a professional that's going to free up your time and ability to go get something else done because you've got a ton of these things going on. You know, and if you can hire a designer on an, on, a, on an ongoing basis and say, look, I want you to give me an overall design and I'm going to put this in about 10 or 15 different homes. And in six months, I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to want another design. And then six months from then, I'm going to want another design. You're going to get a great working relationship with them. They know you're going to translate these things into multiple homes. And they're not going to be working on a project-by-project basis. But they also know, very different than a homeowner, that you're not going to belabor every last little design decision. They're going to be able to work very quickly because they know you're trusting in their expertise because you're looking at 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 pumping these things out so they're not going to you know be, be making trips to the tile store with you or going furniture hunting or you know going through a million different countertop slabs they're going to be able to put their design together quickly and efficiently which is going to allow them to give you a better price and just one example I'm just going to throw out there uh, just because we've done it in so many of our designs and our projects is doing uh, reclaimed wood. Uh, you know, you can of course go to many different places where they get the reclaimed wood from barns around the country, and you're gonna have to cut it yourself. It's gonna it's gonna be much more labor intensive. It's gonna be expensive for the product too. And then you look at a product like stick wood 
that is right in the middle. It's not the, it's not your cheapest. It's not the the highest end, but stickwood is a product that is a reclaimed material. It's very thin. It has an adhesive on the back, and you can make a feature wall out of reclaimed wood. You could put it on beams, and you could really have something special. I think a lot of people in their designs, we know they're looking to have that reclaimed wood somewhere inside the house where if you want a big impact inside of, let's say, a master bedroom or a feature wall inside of a living room or in a fireplace, you go to Stickwood, you get the reclaimed wood, it's something you could even do yourself if you wanted to do that and save money. So just thinking along those lines, you know, again, I think you made a great point. If you talk to a designer, you could find out all those products that could really give you the big impact. Absolutely. And, and you know, as as the podcast goes on, we're going to be talking about a lot of our favorite different um, design products. And, and you're certainly going to be able to, to gain a lot of that knowledge here. But I think when you're looking at flipping homes and how critical the time to market is... Uh, working with a designer uh, is is going to be a smart economical decision for you in the long run. Um, okay, so fast turnaround, economical decisions when it comes to products that we're selecting yep. and making sure you have a good team in place so that you are freed up to quarterback the the the, the thirty thousand foot view uh, with with your portfolio. From there, what are we focusing on? We want to focus on kitchens and baths. That's where that's where you sell homes. You know, a master bedroom. You're you know, the people are buying their own bed. You you need to finish the floors. Like John said, maybe you're putting a feature wall in there. We're not. We're certainly not saying ignore them. Not at all. But you're focusing the majority of your budgets on the kitchens and the baths because that's what sells homes. So in in that sense, you know, you do want to be doing white kitchen cabinets. You do want um, you know, the grays or the the muted color tones um on your countertops, uh butcher block countertops, uh, you know, anything that is going to speak to the mainstream. When you take something and you say, okay, I'm gonna do X color, well you're really limiting then the a, a large majority of the buyer pool because only people, let's say red, there's only a certain number of people that want red cabinets in their kitchen. So you, so you're, you're basically alienating a, a whole bunch of buyers. So you really, you're making decisions on the masses, uh, in order to, to, uh, to make the home appealing to more and more people. And it's, it's knowing your market. We talked about this a little earlier, do the research, drive around to properties that are similar to the ones that you're buying, see what the renovations are, seeing what maybe a builder's doing if he's just doing a spec house and what is really selling. Talk to your local realtors, see what people are asking for. If people are asking for more tech, if they want things that are a little higher end inside the kitchen. Research is key. Well, then it makes sense. It makes sense to maybe step up the appliances to more of a chef grade, something that's got a little more power. If you see that going on and you see that trending in your market, don't be afraid to spend the money because you will get the return. If you are on the opposite side of that coin and you're saying, you know what, I got to go cheap, 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 cheap because I don't want to spend the money, then you're not going to get the benefit in the, in the long run. You're not going to get the real bang for your buck. So I think if you're doing that research, you're talking to the realtors, you're driving around, you're seeing what everyone else is doing, and maybe you take it a little step above, 
that's what sets you apart and that really what makes your property stand out. One of the uh, one of the great items that you can get from a real estate agent too when you're looking or when they're looking at the MLS is days on market. Um, you know, if if you ask them to pull up homes that have sold the fastest, you can go around and and look at those homes and see what what has what's been done there. Um, you know, maybe homes that have offers on them and they haven't closed yet, so you can still get in for a realtor showing. Um, go in and see what they did. Is it open concept? Is it a white kitchen? Is it a colored appliances? Is it what? Wh- what is it? The overall vibe, the look and feel, the aesthetic. I don't want to get. I don't want to get caught up in the details in this particular episode because it's not about the design detail. It's about the overall aesthetic and what you're creating. Um. From there, um, it all comes back to organization and communication. Uh, The biggest key to success when you have multiple projects going on is the level of detail and the amount of organization you have. So if you remember all the way back to the beginning of the project planning series, where we talked about your document package, your document package is going to be your number one and all be all savior. The Bible. The Bible. That, that is that is it's, that's your a, Bible. If you have that together and you don't have to put together a contract each and every time you hire somebody new. You don't have to put together insurance requirements each and every time you hire somebody new. No. What are you going to put together? You're going to be putting together a payment schedule because everybody has a, a slightly different way of working. But again, the more you work with a particular person, the more you can mold them into the way you work. So, you know, if you pay on time and guys are used to getting, uh, used to being paid in full and, and you're honoring the contracts, well, they know then when you say, hey, we're going to do it like we did it last time, right? The third, a third, a third, or quarterly payments or whatever the case, they're going to know that you're going to hold to your word because you've now got a track record. So the longer you work with somebody, the even less time you're going to have to put into the documents because you've got everything together already. And and inside of that Bible notebook that you have there, you're going to have all your documents, you're going to have all your spec sheets, on everything inside the house. So again, when you have these multiple properties, it's so easy. You have all the appliances, you have the lighting, you have everything inside of there. So I would say you'd probably have them as separate documents, right? You're going to have all your legal stuff together. Exactly. Yes. You have all your legal stuff together. You're going to have all your design and, and appliance and fixture stuff together. Um, and you're going to be able to send that out and, and have very little work to do. The one document that is going to require a lot of attention to detail on each and every single project. Because like we said, no two construction projects are alike. No matter that you're focused on the same aesthetic, that that's all going to reduce the amount of work. But the scope of work is going to be different no matter the project. Some projects are taking down walls. Some projects you're putting up walls. Some projects have the open concept. Some, some you need to create. Maybe a project has a white kitchen and the cabinets are staying and they don't need to be touched. So, you know, you are you are going to have to detail your scope each and every time. Now, you can keep a framework for that scope. You can make sure that you're not having to rewrite it from scratch and you can have stuff that you cut and paste depending on the needs of the particular home that you're working in. But that is one document that no matter 
how many projects you have going on and no matter how detailed your document package is, that is something that you've got to focus on each and every project. And I think as maybe a tip for you know, any of the flippers out there, if you're on that expedited schedule where things are really moving at a fast pace, for me, things that, that I like to do is, you know, inside the house, if you can put up your own calendar that it shows all the trades overlapping or what days certain things have to be done by. Because again, this isn't something where you can say, oh, well, it's an extra week, two weeks, three weeks. That is money coming out of your pocket. And if you're not on top of it, and if all the contractors don't see that calendar right there, so when they walk inside the house, it's right up on the wall. It shows the tasks that need to get done by the end of that week it's just going to kind of be this open book. So I feel it's kind of like in your face. It's like, hey, I'm here today. Let me see. Did the electrician finish installing all the hi-hats? Yep, that's supposed to be done today. Check off. Did the plumber get all of the hot and cold water done for all the new sinks? Yeah, that's done. So if you can see that calendar and you could see that kind of project timeline, which we've created them a lot of times before on our larger development projects, it just keeps everybody in, in track. And if you need to pull everyone over and say, hey guys, Look at the calendar. We're, we're behind a day in XYZ areas. We got to make it up. It really gives that push to everybody. Right. Absolutely. So guys, in summary, you know, obviously you're looking for a faster turnaround. So building a team that you work with time and time again is going to be really beneficial. You want to you want to get a, a good aesthetic uh, in place that you're going to translate to all of your projects for a set amount of time, six, eight months, and then you're going to rework that and translate the new aesthetic to all of the projects. You're looking to make more economical design decisions. Uh, working with a designer here can really help you with their design discounts and with them looking for high design items for a low cost. You're focusing your dollars on your kitchens and bathrooms. Um, obviously, you know, opening, opening, uh, creating an open concept where possible if the budget allows, but understanding that you're going to do a limited amount of work so you can get this thing back on market. Sticking with muted color palettes to appeal to the masses. You want to, you want to be in that white kitchen zone. Uh, and then organization and communication. Those, those are going to be your ultimate keys to success when you're looking at multiple properties. Um, so I think, uh, John, you got anything else? Yeah, that was it. I did the last put where you, you, finished on the perfect point when you said organization and communication. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like the two biggest things because guys, this is now a real business and it's a business you can make a ton of money off of. Absolutely. And if you do those two things, I mean, in all honesty, there's nothing that you really cannot do. And if you, and if you make them seamless and you implement them into all of your projects, before you know it, after a couple months go by, you're going to be like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is this this is my reality. This is really happening. And uh, it's going to be a successful project and projects, and it's just going to keep on moving. So whether you're new to it or you're a longtime home flipper, lots of good luck out there. We hope this one was helpful to you. Uh, definitely go back and, and take a listen through. All the homeowner stuff is applicable just on a different timetable for you guys flipping houses. This was Home with the Cousins. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. All right, guys. Thank you.